At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country. And at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today's episode is is about finding unpressured public land in Ohio. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So I know a lot of people this time of year, you start getting into late summer, people start running their their mock scrapes they start setting that stuff up late summer starting to you know get into antlers hardening off and getting into that you know early fall late summer so it's a good time to be thinking about scent and in particular mock scrapes mastins can help can help you out with that they've got their their scent dripper systems that use their their liquid scent bottles they go right into them They've got all kinds of different liquid scents that you could run in there, as well as lots of other scent products that you can use to get deer in front of your cameras, to get deer in front of your stand. So check them out. Go to MastinsDeerSense.com, browse around, see what they have to offer, pick out what you like, and you order straight from them, and they'll ship it right to your house. So with that, let's get into our conversation this week about finding unpressured public land in Ohio. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. 
Are you listening? All right, so today we're talking about public land. As you know, we hunt public land. If you've listened to the show for any length of time. And this one, I'm honestly a little hesitant on this one because it's kind of divulging some of our secrets. But, you know, if it... uh, if it helps other people, then I guess it's worth it. So what we're specifically talking about is how to find or or how we f- go about finding less crowded public land. So there's a few things that that I know come to the top of my head. And, and Jeff, you may have uh, a few other things as well. It's just Jeff and I today. Uh, Jacob had another commitment, so it's just going to be Jeff and I. And yeah, we're going to talk about how to find less crowded land. So I guess to start, I mean, anybody that's looking for for public land, there's, you know, always the old adage of go farther, go deeper, go places where other people aren't willing to go. And you know, some of that, like it, it, it gets a little, not in Jeff, I don't know if you feel this way, but it like, it gets repeated so much in like dedicated whitetail hunting circles that, you know, there's a part of me that feels like, and maybe, it, maybe it's the, the circles you run into, but you know, like if everybody's listening to the same media and everybody's saying, go farther, go deeper, go places where other people aren't willing to go. Well, then that's right. where everybody ends up, <laughs> ends right. up, right? Um, yeah, I've definitely in the past seen guys dragging, you know, small bucks from deep inside National Forest, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, if that's what you were looking for, like you could have just went right offside, you know, you could have went, you know, a hundred yards off the road and yeah. found that. And, and you know? too, there's a, there's a, what you want out of the hunt element to this too, right? I mean, some, some people want that challenge, that work. I hiked all the way in there, I drug this deer all the way out, you know, like, and so that, you know, there's an element of that as well. Right, right. But I think uh, it's, I mean, yes, you hear, you know, uh, like I said, the old adage of go farther, go deeper, go places that other people aren't willing to go. And if we're honest with us, with ourselves, you know, there, you know, even though you hear that, there's, there's a lot of people that probably hear that and, you know, they, they might think they're going farther, but but really, like, they're just kind of scratching the surface. And in some of the cases, and this will kind of lead into some of my other thoughts on on places to go, but, like, there's a lot of places in, in Ohio where, you, you know, you're just not talking about, like, giant tracts of public land. So you know, going quote farther isn't re you know, really that 
far. You you could just be accessing it from the other side or it butts up to private. And so, yeah, the public access is, you know, it's far from the public access, but it's not so far from all these private properties. You know, I mean, you run into issues like that <clears throat> to where maybe it feels like you're going far. Or the other thing that I've done is like, you know, in order to access this, quote, the right way with the wind and, and you know, um, I know that there's some thick areas here that I need to loop way out and around because, it you know, the deer bed in there or whatever. Like, it may not be that far from the road, but what I feel is like the right way to get in there is maybe a, a, a pretty circuitous route. And on public, you know, you run into issues with if it's if it's you're you're trying to, you know, maybe, quote, do it the right way. And you have other people just walking straight up the hill through the stuff you were planning to hunt. So that's where. Even though you you went a long way. If it's still close to the road, there's there's chances of. uh, People messing up your hunt, I guess. So, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. And I would also agree with the fact that, yeah, in some places in Ohio, it's going deeper, going further isn't necessarily an option. Like, they're, the, the public land's just not that big. Right. You know, you know it, it might be, uh, you know, a mile square, you know, a square mile, but that's still, you know not far really i mean mean, you walk a half mile in that's in the grand scheme of things not a long you know especially if half that's ag field yeah yeah so i guess i mean to because i kind of i kind of rambled off a, a few different directions there so i think in some cases yes going farther or it, it may not necessarily be farther, but if, you know, if, if the way to get there is steep, you know, I mean, I, I'm thinking of some spots where, where we hunt, where, you know, it's, it's a haul up to the top of the hill and, you know, yeah, young and spry, maybe not that big of a deal, uh, but not everybody that hunts is uh, young and spry and willing to walk up that hill, you know. Um, so I think keep those things in mind. Especially you, not carrying a tree stand. Right. Yeah. So I think if you if you can get farther from the road, I mean, there's a reason everybody says that, right? It's worth checking out. Keep in mind, though, too, you you got to be where the deer are, right? I mean, just because you're farther off the road doesn't necessarily mean that you're in a better spot. So don't don't throw out your your hunting skills or you know your woodsmanship just because you want to get away from people. And you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being far away from the road road is nice but if it's not good deer habitat it's it's not good deer habitat you know yeah so so 
getting away from the road or getting in a spot that maybe is close to the road, but it's, you know, I'm thinking terrain, right? There's some sort of terrain feature that it makes it hard to get to this spot, assuming it's good deer habitat, but it just so happens to be close to the road. Does that kind of summarize that one up <laughs> halfway decent, you think there, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I I think kind of to summarize, it's, you know, getting further, deeper is is good, but it it's the same idea that everyone has, and, and sometimes that's not the best option. Right. Okay. So, uh, what do you got? Do you do you have a, a next tip that flows well out of that one, or or should I continue on? Well, I'll I'll go with one that kind of flows with that one, um, because it's a good tip, but it's not a tip to live and die by. Which is, yeah, if it's hard to get in, a lot of people will pass up that place. You know, if you have to walk through a hundred yards of briar thicket to get in, or have to cross water of any yeah. sort, I mean. I've seen pretty small creeks deter people from going somewhere. Yeah. Um, obviously, the more of a deterrent that path is, the better. You know, if it's walking up a cliff face, you know, less people are going to do that. If it's crossing a creek that, you know, requires waders or a boat, less people are going to do that. Um, so that's kind of, that kind of piggybacks off that one a little bit that like, mm -hmm. like that is a good, good option, but don't live and die by it. Don't, you know, especially if someone sees you crossing that water with a boat, you know, to go hunt somewhere, uh, they might get the same idea. Yeah. So a little, a little different look or thought on this is and we've mentioned this in the past but it's it's sort of limited public access right so look for what i mean by that is your your county park district or like your your local park district if they have a a lottery hunt odds are it's going to be a lottery hunt but inherently, if you can find one of these and it probably is going to take some phone calls or some emails to somebody in the park district because, you know, the park district has a lot of different uh, uh, interests, you know, and so, uh, you know, a lot of times a lot of different users. Yeah. Yes. There you go. And so a lot of times and people that are paying attention to the park are not hunting people, right? They're, they're bird watchers. They want to use the trails for recreation. They want to see, you know, some wildlife. They're, they're not at all thinking hunting and, you know, the park districts have to toe a fine line in using hunting as a tool and not, upsetting the other user groups so all that to say 
you're there's a good chance you're probably not going to find lottery hunt information on park hunts easily available on their website. I'm thinking one of the parks, one of the, the county park districts that, that we apply for, it is on a website, <clears throat> but it's not a, like a, a public facing website. You have to know the URL in order to get there. There's no way to browse around the main parks website and find a link that takes you to information on the park hunt. You've got to know the URL. So that comes from a phone call or an email to the park district inquiring about any kind of, uh, you know, a lottery hunt to, you know, on, on park property. And then, you know, you get the, (laughs) the insider info, I guess, I guess you'd say. And so these can be a good way of, like I said, it's, it's, it's public in that anybody can apply, but not anybody. Usually these, these county park hunts, you have to be a resident of the county to apply. So it limits the, the number of people applying. Like I said, they're, they're typically not well advertised. So, you know, even if there is a lot of hunters in your county, there's a good chance a bunch of them don't know about it. So it limits the pool of people again. And then it's a lottery system. So you and or your group that you pick, if you get drawn, you know, the group that you pick to hunt with you, if, if that's how the park district runs their lottery hunt, are the only ones allowed on this specific piece of park property during your allotted month, month and a half, however they break up the seasons, the hunts. And so, you know, you, you shouldn't, that's not to say that you won't, (laughs) but you shouldn't be running into anybody else on one of these hunts, you know, and it's allocated to you and I guess for all the reasons there that I went through, right? It's a limited pool of people. It's not, they're not well known. It is a form of public hunting, but the pool of people available or, or attempting to hunt that. And then once drawn the the pool of people that are allowed to be on there is just you and the group of people that you've selected. Right. Right. For the sake of transparency though, I don't think we've ever been drawn for a county park hunt and not, not seen other people utilizing the land and you know, not had people walk up on us or at least catch them on trail camera. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, the. Yeah. I mean, we had it. We had a guy walking his dog the one year on. Like there was a gas line cut that went through the one property and we got pictures of him. What was on the trying to think the year before that, who did, did we run into anybody on that one? There was railroad tracks that ran through the property. That was like the boundary though, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, there was also someone who was cutting across that property with their horse, um, which they weren't supposed to be doing. Oh, And then there was cross-country runners who... Oh, that's right. 
ran up, saw our cameras, played with them a little bit, ran away. Yeah, yeah. So keep that kind of stuff in mind, right? It, it, it's probably not going to be other hunters you're running into, but you, you will most likely be in relatively close proximity to houses, you know, publicly accessible parts of the park. You know, the, the hunts that we've participated in, the areas that you're allowed to hunt are not areas of the park that are open to the public. Like just for, you know, recreating, walking your dog, you know, running, whatever. But they butt up to publicly accessible parts of the park. So, you know, <clears throat> there's bound to be people crossing the line, you know, that they you know, in all likelihood probably don't know exist, but it's not other hunting pressure, I, I guess, that you're you're having to deal with there. So what else you got, Jeff? Well, kind of this is just a, a broad kind of tip. Um there seems to be a, in my opinion, and <coughs> excuse me, a hierarchy to uh pressure of public land in Ohio. You know, uh, wildlife areas, if it has the title of wildlife area, you know, it's usually the most pressured. Uh, and then state forests are, you know, kind of amongst, you know, is the next tier. Um, and state forests and then like well-known areas of the national forest. You know, uh, the areas that have the big signs basically that say, you know, Welcome to the Wayne National Forest. Yeah. You know, those areas are kind of the next most pressured. Um, to kind of get to the lesser pressured areas, you know, the, the county public land, you know, some counties have public land, um, you know, some of its own, you know, owned by park systems and it's just publicly accessible. Um, and then the like lesser known areas of the Wayne National Forest, you know, basically areas of the Wayne National Forest that unless you have a map that tells you it's Wayne National Forest, there's nothing to tell you it's Wayne National Forest. You know, right. there isn't a sign on a tree. Um, there isn't, you know, a roadside sign. Uh, half the time you probably will see no trespassing signs on it because someone has put them up <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah we've ran into that quite a bit so yep that's kind of just a a general tip of like where to look and what areas potentially to to go to to get less pressured hunting yeah we need to pause here real quick and talk about our sponsor monster whitetail grub Monster Whitetail Grub is an Ohio deer feed company, and I say Ohio deer feed company because they're based right here in Ohio, and they source all of their ingredients and, and even their packaging from Ohio. So their slogan is deer feed the Ohio way. That's why. They're an Ohio company sourcing their products from Ohio. So I really like that. That fits really well with our, our brand and our message. We're all about Ohio. So check them out they've got everything that you would need for deer feed 
They've got their signature monster white tail grub feed. They've got flavored corn. They've got straight mineral, all kinds of different additives that you can customize the feed with. So check them out. Go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors, and there you'll find a link to get in touch with them, browse what they have. You can see what retail locations they, they have their product in. They're getting their, their product in more and more retail locations and order some of their stuff and try it out this fall. So with that, let's get back into the conversation. Yeah, I was going to like that kind of fits in with my sort of my third tip, I guess. And that might might be my final tip. I don't know. But like and it kind of goes against the go farther, go deeper. But to Jeff's point, if you can find kind of these broken up because the the big, huge chunks of National Forest, a lot of times are where, you know, there's signs, there's parking areas there's you know whatever camping areas around you know things like that look for like the broken up checkerboarded if you will um you know pieces of like on the fringes if if you know what i mean like the edges of the big block where stuff starts to get broken up and like there's a little bit of private intermixed with public you might run into like local you know surrounding property owner pressure but there's a good chance to jeff's point there's not like a you know a sign there saying parking area public hunting public land you know it's like the only way to know that that's public land is to use a tool like Onyx, like Hunt Stand, or to get on like the county uh, tax maps, the GIS maps, and start poking around at blocks of property and see who owns them. And then, you know, you can kind of get a sense of, uh, I can go here, I can't go there. That You know, things like Hunt Stand and Onyx make it easy because a, a lot of times you can color code that stuff. Or they color code that stuff, you know, as a layer for you. And so you could, you know, it makes it a little easier to identify those those blocks. But a lot of times I think that stuff gets overlooked because it's not, you know, this big huge chunk. I can go wherever I want. I don't have to worry about the boundaries sort of thing. You know, people like me included, right? I don't want to have to worry about like, oh, am I on the neighbor's property, where's the line at? But, I mean, just given the fact of where our cabin's at, that's a lot of what we actually end up hunting. You know, it's not like big tens of thousands of, uh, tens of thousands of acre chunks of, of national forest. It's, you know, a couple hundred acres here. And then, you know, there's some, uh, some uh, wow blank some private you know i'm thinking of one example where like you you got to drive clear up and around to kind of get to the public access and then you can more or less walk the ridge all the way out as as public land but all of the the property that falls down off of there toward the roads all of that is private 
So it's a little bit of a mixture of it's a smaller block of national forest. You've only got one. Well, I guess two two access points. One, you're sort of at the top of the hill, kind of walking out the ridge and down. You know, it's a it's a big ridge. It runs a long way. And then there's finger ridges that come off of it. The ridge top is public. All of the property that that sort of goes down and connects to the roads around this, you know, this big ridge system is private. Except for one area, which, you know, there again, there's no signs down there that it's public land. There's no parking area. You know, there there's an old house back in there. So you, you wouldn't think, oh, this is this is public, you know, but it sure enough is. So I guess I say all that to to just say, look for that kind of scenario, right? Where it, it's it's less. You're not going to drive around and see it. You're not going to see signs. You're not going to see parking areas or pull off areas. But based on the maps, sure enough, this is public land right here. Anything else there, Jeff? Yeah, I got a couple more tips. Um, another good tip is don't be afraid to hunt areas that are, I'm trying to describe, you know, small, if you will. Um, a lot of public land has, you know, it might be 500 acres, you know, one big parcel and then like a t- tiny little corner is on the other side of the road or right you know like a real small section is uh across the river you know don't be afraid to hunt those areas because those areas really no one very rarely are people going in those areas that's that's a good tip yeah i didn't think of that one but that's a good tip, yeah. especially if uh, like in a, I'm thinking of a scenario where there is maybe a parking area and but, you know, 99 percent of the land is whatever north of the parking area. And there's this little block behind you, you know, 99 percent of people are going to head into the big, you know, like you said, 500 acres, whatever, 100 acres. They're they're all all going to head that way and try to find a spot totally ignoring the little piece behind you if you will that's a that's a good one right right um and yeah i've utilized this one before um and you know this one works for basically no matter what you're hunting um i've you know i've utilized it pretty successfully hunting squirrels you know, I have hunted on a public hunting area that was very heavily pressured and only squirrels you could find were red squirrels, which are, you know, hardly worth shooting. And I'm not talking fox squirrels. I'm talking, you know, some people call them pine squirrels, but they're red squirrels. Right. Um, you know, that's all you can find, which are hardly worth shooting. I found a little chunk you know, probably not even four acres, you know, that was across the creek. And right where you had to cross the creek was deep. 
you know, to get to this little chunk. So basically what you had to do was go down the creek, cross, and then and walk like along the creek edge to this little chunk. Mm-hmm. And I had a blast shooting squirrels over there. You know, they didn't know what hit them. <laughs> you know, it was. I'm I'm supposed to be safe over here. Right. Yeah. You know. So, and uh, with deer hunting, we've had uh, similar experiences. Um, you know, one of the drives we do is a tiny little chunk of woods. You know, it's basically a, just a hillside that is visible to the road, and it's not even a big hillside. I mean, the whole time you're doing it, you can basically see the road. Yeah. And we have and do kick deer off that that drive. Yeah. Uh, if it's the one I'm if I'm thinking of the one you're talking about, there's a there's enough of it that sort of rolls up and out of sight from the road that when deer have been pushed around everywhere else, they kind of will find this little section that people are ignoring, you know, again, going back to that, like, you know, that theme of overlooked spots, right. They'll, they'll lay up there where they're out of sight of the road and nobody's really bothering them because like, well, it's just, you know, it's not even worth getting out of the truck sort of thing. Right. Um, and I can think of another area where it's a big chunk of national forest and this area gets, you know, deer drives constantly. It gets a lot of pressure from deer drives. You know, at least one to two groups is driving it per day. And across the street from where basically everyone ends the deer drive is just a little corner of national forest and i can't count how many times we've been driving the road and there's deer standing in that little corner of national forest because they get kicked out of the deer drive go across the road and then no one bothers them over there like that's you know there's no human scent no one goes up there right yeah, and some of that, like, there's no way to know that from, from, like, looking at a map. I guess you could, like, find these little triangles of, of overlooked area. Some of that's just going to come from, <clears throat> like, trying it, experience. And a lot of this, you know, you've heard us talk, I, I think Jeff talks about it most, is, like, kind of hunting the other hunters in a sense and, and, you know, not actually hunting them, but like, what are the other hunters doing? Where are they going? Where are other people doing deer drives? Especially when you get into those high pressure times, like the week of gun season, figure out those sort of high traffic areas. And it, it will push deer into places that uh, you know, they may not be any other time of the year or push places into in, push deer into places that it doesn't really make sense for them to be there. But it does, if you think about it, in that 
you know, maybe there's no food or, or water in there, but they've got the security cover. And, and it may not even necessarily be security cover. It may just, you know, meaning it's not a thick, nasty, brushy mess, but it keeps them out of view of people. You know, so again, going back to that one example, it's a little chunk of national forest, but there's enough roll in that hill to where they can get up on top or, or just over the top there. And it keeps them out of view of it's, it's wide open up there. See a long way, but you can't see him from the road and it's a little piece. Nobody's really bothering with it. And so they, you know, they get some seclusion, some cover in there. So, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that's where I was going with that. It's, you know, some yeah. of it's just going to come from experience. Trying, yeah. If you're trying to avoid people, like, especially during gun season, um, driving deer, hunt somewhere where you can't walk through, through. you know, like, by nature driving deer or you want to start at one end of the woods and walk to the other end of the woods right and then basically on the other end of the woods be you know basically by our access point yep you know if it's a chunk of woods that only has one access point and it's in the front you know people aren't going to, to you know if it's sort of like bowling alley shaped if you will where you know there's not much frontage so you can't push it side to side and you know the only way to access is from one end people aren't going to drive that because the you know there is no way to drive it really because you would be pushing the deer going on your way in and then when would you yeah it just doesn't work for driving deer. Yeah. So if you want to avoid people driving deer, do that. Um, also, like little corners that kind of come off, you know, like because a lot of public, you know, public land doesn't have these straight borders. You know, it's there can be a little rectangle, you know, five acre chunk that juts out this side. Well. People aren't going to really walk in there doing a deer drive because they can't push those deer where they want to push those deer. Right. And a lot of people who are driving deer don't want to push deer to anyone but their party. You know, they're not they're not trying to just blow up the woods. They're trying to strategically push these deer in a specific direction. Yeah. You know, so that's a good way to try to find a spot where you can avoid people doing deer drives. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip, too. You know, you got to kind of got to think, like, if I was going to do a deer drive on here, how would I do it? And if you can't come up with a good way, then maybe that's a good spot to hunt. If, you know, if you don't want a group of people doing deer drives coming through your, your you know, your spot. Or, you know, uh, if I was going to do it, 
what I send, you know, or, you know, is somebody likely to walk through, like Jeff said, this little corner and maybe it, you know, cause let's be honest, most times doing a deer drive, you're going to walk the ridge top. You're going to walk, you know, the easy route, if you will. Right. Cause you're doing a lot of walking that day. So most guys, I think probably walk the easy route. So if there's a, a little corner that, you know, drops off down the hill or, you know, goes up and over. A lot of times those just get walked past with a deer drive. So those can be good areas, even if they're not far from the road where, you know, you're not going to have somebody walk right through, you know, the middle of your hunt, basically. Yeah. Uh, Another tip I have is utilize land that is basically specifically designed for a different species than you're going after you know uh if you're hunting ducks and you know there just happens to be a little pond you know way out in this chunk of timber you know maybe try to hunt that that pond because there's probably not many duck hunters that are going there um and vice versa if you're trying to hunt deer maybe you go to the marsh and you know go to little islands of timber out in in the marsh and hunt those because they're not getting much you know while they while the area might be getting a lot of hunting pressure it's not getting hunting pressure for the thing that you're going after yeah that's a that's a um, uh another good one that I like be, because yeah. you know maybe to put that another way if it looks like a great duck hunting spot you're not the only one that's found that and it's on public land you're not the only one that's found that spot right or if it looks like a good deer hunting spot and you know we're in Ohio eastern hardwoods you know the you know intermixed with ag and you know so most of the state is is pretty good deer hunting spot but you know if you just like it just looks right you know it's got the oaks it's got the you know the sign you know you're not the only next to a cornfield right right because that i mean that's when things start to get silly is you got like public land that's next to an ag field and you basically walk the, you know, just inside the woods next to that ag field. And it's like, oh, there's a tree stand literally every 20 feet. Yeah. Like the deer cannot access this field from this direction without going past one of these stands. Right. Yeah. So you're not the only one that's found it. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, it's just it's Ohio. It's not idaho you know i mean like you you, it's nothing on public is you know if it's that good is still hidden i i don't think and so those you know to jeff's point sort of flipping them you might have some success you know you might get pressure from not pressure but like 
you know, you're going to have a guy walking through in camo with a bow to a deer stand if you're sitting there on a duck hunt, you know, and there might be a little bit of that. You know, that guy's trying to bow hunt and you're out there blasting away at ducks, you know, but that's public land. You know, if you were there first, you were there first and so be it. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't witnessed this firsthand, uh, um, but, you know, I've I've heard the the gas station stories, if you will, the sporting goods stories of, oh, I was, you know, in the duck mart and duck hunting and you know a, a deer walked right up to me as you know as i'm shooting ducks right you know, just because they've been conditioned that you're not a threat to them yeah so yeah so got any more tips jeff you got a lot of good ones today i uh, i think that that was all the ones i had thought of beforehand Okay. You know, just, uh, I mean, and I, I think the, the moral of the story is sort of be creative and don't be afraid to just try something that's a little, a little wacky versus going farther, deeper, you know, maybe just try something where it's like no one in their right mind would really try this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, if it's something that you, you know, if you were going to tell your buddies you're doing it and you, you'd be afraid they were going to laugh at you, like, really, dude? It might be worth checking out. Yeah, well, like, because uh, another one I can think of is, you know, they the state plants dove fields and fields that are upland habitat for, you know, uh, doves and pheasant. And, you know, some of those have sunflower seeds or milo planted in them or buckwheat which is all things that deer will eat also and yeah those areas are probably hit pretty hard by hunters of those specific species at certain times of the year when that hunting pressure kind of fades away you know the food source is still there and you know, not many people think, oh, I'm going to go, you know, hunt the pheasant field for right. a deer. You know, I'm going to go sit on the edge of it to see if a deer walks out to eat. Yeah. So. I think that's uh, probably a good place to wrap it up. If you have any other tips that uh, we didn't cover and I guess that you're willing to share. <laughs> Let us know, and and uh, you know yeah. we'd be happy to to share them with the rest of the audience, so we can all become better hunters. Uh, but with that, yeah, because I I have one one spot that I intentionally didn't mention the features of it, because if you used a a mapping tool, you could probably find it fairly easy. Mm-hmm. So, uh. I'll I'll be updating you guys this fall if uh, if that strategy works. Okay. So I do have a top secret spot, and we'll we'll see what happens. So if it works, we probably won't hear an <laughs> we probably won't hear an update. If it doesn't work, you'll well, tell us uh, all about it. You'll you'll see me shooting a big giant buck. Uh, okay. That's how that's how you'll know. I'll be. <laughs> 
I'll have a big giant buck. If it doesn't work, then I'll tell you exactly where the spot is and okay. tell you to go try it out. Yeah. All right. So that's it for this week. Hopefully there was something in there that uh, helps you out or gives you some idea for this fall. Hopefully it gets you into some unpressured public lands and, you know, helps you have a good, uh, a good hunting season. So if there's anything that uh, you found helpful in this episode, I'm going to ask you a favor. Share it with your friends. Share it on your social media page. Just tell people about it. Try to get the information out and help other people. So with that, I'm going to sign off. And uh, as always, thank you all for listening, continuing to share and subscribe. It means a lot to us. And good luck with the rest of your summer, whatever whatever that may bring. And uh, fall hunting season will be right around the corner. So with that, we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.